Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell. We're here to go through Thursday, October 26th. NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. DJ, there are 11 games on Thursday. It is not quite the the 16-game Frozen Frenzy and the 13-game Main Slate we had to deal with on Tuesday. Um, but it's still a doozy. So how you doing? Uh, how was your Tuesday? Um, I mean, yeah, betting-wise, it was really, really good. I mean, I had like six favorite bets. I, of course, I always do my insane, wild 16-leg parlay when the, you know, you get a chance, you got to run it. Um, so five of six on the main bets, all straight. You know, I actually put more on the round robin. I just put like 10 on it. So I actually, maybe I'm getting smarter. Um, maybe, but let's not quote me on it before I say uh, Dylan's wrong. But yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, yeah, it was good. Good profit. Yeah, we went, uh, yeah, I guess very lead on everything. And we went, had a good time, met some people. Actually, one of our friends from high school uh, showed up, uh, Cody Ditas. I'm not sure if he's listening. Thanks for coming. So it was good to kind of meet some people. Um, yeah, I, Puck Luck was pretty good, but the best bet didn't get there, which was kind of sad. And overall, I really like the Frozen Frenzy. I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like, there's like obvious critiques, right? I mean, I think you made a, a pretty good one and there's obviously things that could be improved, but like, I know for me, especially like it all comes from a place of, I think this is amazing. And I really, really wanted to improve and be the best it can. And I think it was for the first time, very good. Um, and it got better as the night went on. I think that's the most important thing to know as like from the start till the end, I thought Bucci and weeks really figured it out. The, you know, getting from game to game got better. Um, you know, they, I think they, they learned pretty early on, um, that there was, a, I don't know, early on, it was, again, I, you kind of, you know, it was a bit messy, but it got there. So I don't know. Anything you want to say at the top on, on last night either? Um, I mean, anyone who follows me on Twitter saw me, uh, really ranting about the missing an OV penalty shot when there were two games going on at one time. Um, I, I feel like the Twitter honestly kind of just covers it. It was really kind of like just the initial, like basically, okay, here's this night where every team's playing. We're going to try and be NFL red zone and, you know, make sure we go game to game. And then the literal goal scoring king of the universe, Alex Ovechkin himself draws a penalty shot and it doesn't even get mentioned until 10 minutes after the penalty shot happens. And it, 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 like there were two games on, it was Buffalo, Ottawa and Washington, Toronto at the time it was like 705 or 707 or whatever so like it was just one of those things where it was just sort of really hard to believe like that it happened and like how such a colossal mistake was made um but you know like after that obviously they showed it like 10 minutes late so they, they at least showed it you know it was that was part of it where it's like it's literally not here for five minutes I'm gonna tweet because like this is ridiculous um but also over time yeah like you said it did get better my complaint is that I don't think they necessarily had a plan to appeal to the diehard hockey fan. Um, and I just think that's a miss, a misread because nobody who's a casual is watching this over NBA opening night or um, the baseball game seven, you know, maybe they are, but like, I, I just don't think that's who this is really geared toward. And it certainly felt like there was way too much downtime, way too much, you know, Bucci talking about chicken parm, and sitting on a couch instead of just like, you know, him taking us from game to game. But when they were doing it, it was a ton of fun. Uh, There's a ton of energy behind, you know, the highlights or whatever. It it never felt like you were just sort of slogging through the night. Um, So so that was cool. It was a really cool sort of experience and certainly one that I hope we get to have again, courtesy of ESPN. Um, But 
you know, yeah, I, 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 I don't mind my own transferring process, going game to game and flipping around like a maniac. You know, I, I've turned into a bit of an art at this point myself. So, yeah, um, I like I share similar sentiment, but I, I mean, honestly, like I, I think me, me and you, I mean, maybe a lot of the, you know, the freaks and the diehards, maybe we feel that way about Bujagross. Like, wasn't my favorite pick. It was obvious and, and necessary. Like, it's not like I'm arguing with the selection of him in weeks, like, but his antics can get old quickly. And I think some people actually do like it and, and enjoy that kind of stuff. And that's fine. But I mean, I remember very vividly, like right before Vegas started, it was like kind of like a getting ready before they went to that game for way too long on the intro. And it really felt like a fun atmosphere, like weeks in Boudreaux actually like showing how enjoyable hockey was to watch. And like, like it was very entertaining to watch them react and, and like it felt like they used a little too much of the play-by-play announcers as a crutch and it's fine like I'm okay with that too kind of going back and forth it just did it, again like like you said it didn't feel very natural but again it's their first time and I get yeah, that exactly um, yeah, and so like, like, I, I'm forgiving a lot of mistakes and I'm forgiving there's some things like you're saying are a bit more unforgivable but I just the only thing that would truly be unforgivable for me my last point on this is if they they stop or if they do it one more time, as I tweeted about on January 13th, wildcard NFL weekend to try to get a shill of ratings against juggernauts instead of actually doing what it seems like they want to. And that's grow the sport. Cause if they're not going to go out there and be like, this is a grow, growing the sport opportunity, then don't make it about growing the sport. Don't go out there and show us a bunch of stuff that we already know as diehard hockey fans and talking about things in a very, very rudimentary level, like pick a lane then. Um, so I, I know I've made my opinions felt. I know some people have listened. Um, and I hope that they try it again. And it doesn't have to be 13, uh, 16 games. Like maybe that's just too freaking much. For sure. stack, like it could be a 13 game slate. Like I can move, I can get off my soapbox here, but the only thing I've said, it's gotta keep happening. It, it cannot be a one-time thing that we talk about like the world cup of hockey I and mean, it's way smaller scale, but like, it can't be a thing that was like, that was really cool. The two times they did it mm-hmm. gone. Um, and yeah, you know, just to transition there, uh, it's like, like an 11 gamer, like we have on to Thursday where all the games start before well, at nine or earlier. Um, let's see, there's six that start at seven, um, and then two that start at seven thirty, two or one that starts at eight and two that start at nine. Um, you could certainly stagger those around a bit, like in the future, if, from the NHL's perspective, and do like a really tight, concise, you know, four and a half hour broadcast. That still is a lot of fun. Obviously, TV rights and stuff make that difficult because, you know, you're going from the game to game and really, you know, taking away from the local broadcast. So, of course, it has to be, you know, uh, used sparingly, like it can't be an every night thing. But, you know, it would be interesting to see on a slightly less, you know, uh, grand scale. But, Anyway, let's get to Thursday night. Uh, anything else you want to share? Uh, my results on th- Tuesday were terrible. Like, you know, Eichel yeah. did well and Theodore scored at the end there and smashed, but it, it wasn't enough. Um, I was New Jersey profit- Minnesota yeah. broke it. Profitable on DraftKings Sportsbook. I uh, didn't win a dime back on the slate, even though okay. I I think my, like, again, like directionally accurate maybe for me, um, but it was Minnesota or bus. Like, it basically, that, we'll get into it. Let's just get into the slate. It doesn't really matter. I... I think that we did good and we'll, you know, next mate, next big, big slate, like, you know, 13 plus again, this is 11 games. I don't know. Just let's just get to the next slate. Who, who cares? We lost moving on. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So an 11 game slate here. I don't really think there's a 
ton of new information we have from Wednesdays. So a lot of this is going to be us trying to interpret Tuesdays, like, you know, news and changes and stuff as we go. So, um, you know, maybe maybe one of the lesser uh, actionable like news item slates that we have just because every team was in action yesterday. Obviously, the weekends are busy, too, for NHL teams. So this was a day off for most teams. Anyway, uh, we have Anaheim at Boston. Uh, Anaheim hilariously benching Trevor Zegras in a game where they were trailing and he had like a 77% uh, expected goal share on the game. Uh, coach is going to coach. Cronin has shown himself to be no different than the other run-of-the-mill idiots around the league. Um, but, you know, matchup, who cares about Anaheim anyway? Seattle at Carolina. Uh, Sachnikov has been ruled out for his return. We'll talk about Seattle and how they looked uh, sans Andre Burakovsky on Tuesday night. We have Winnipeg at Detroit. Uh, Debrinket is a true game time decision. We'll probably find out in morning skate, like whether he's leaning in or out, but he's uh, dealing with some sort of illness. So just keep an eye on that. Uh, my guess is he'll play, but again, we'll, we'll know a lot more come on morning skate. Uh, Columbus at Montreal. Um, Lion A doesn't seem to be close to returning. So I'm guessing he remains out for t- Thursday. Uh, Colorado at Pittsburgh. I well, we saw Brian Rust come through for us. Um, you know, pretty early in the game, which was which was neat. Um, but that's really the only thing we'll touch on again. Otherwise, Colorado absolutely rocked the Islanders. I mean, that game was a ton of fun, a lot of tempo. So them meeting Pittsburgh, uh, I'm pretty excited for that game. Um, San Jose at Tampa, the final seven o'clock start. Uh, Alex Barabanov. Uh, suffered an injury he is out quote for a while so that probably opens up a lane for someone like uh, William Eklund or Kevin LeBanc to step into a power play job we'll talk a bit more about you know what we can expect from uh, San Jose moving forward and on the Tampa side it's pretty much uh, you know you know where to go on Tampa Ottawa and the Islanders there's really nothing here. Brady Kachuk should have been suspended, but then it was rescinded because he's Brady Kachuk and whatever. It's fine. Um, but he just punched Alex Tuck while he was laying on the ice. Like, okay. And you know, that's not why he got the instigator, but whatever. It's just, it's a stupid rule, but um, you know, just, just kind of funny how the NHL is like, yeah, you know, not for you. Uh, Minnesota, Philly, uh, Ryan Hartman. Okay. Toronto, Dallas, uh, nothing to, of note here at the moment. Uh, don't think we saw the, either of these teams on Wednesday, but um, you know, a couple high Titan or clash of the Titans here. Uh, St. Louis and Calgary. Uh, Adam Rajitska got hurt. Talk about that. Rasmus Sanderson remains out. Probably talk about that too, because St. Louis is looking like an awfully enticing matchup for any team in the NHL this season. And finally, the Rangers at Edmonton. Uh, the other side of the Ryan Hartman night, the Edmonton Oilers now hosting the Rangers. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot to dig into without Connor McDavid and how the, the game sort of fared on Tuesday. So uh, let's start things off with Anaheim and Boston, if you are ready. I am ready, yeah. Um, Anaheim, Boston. Uh, I don't think there's a team in the league that has I, – I know for a fact Boston has been the best like team against giving up goals – I can't imagine anyone's going to want to play Anaheim for any specific reason. They're, they're also bad. I mean, they won against Columbus, but it wasn't uh, entirely convincing fashion. 
Um, as you already mentioned, Anaheim would much prefer being as boring and uh, bad as possible, it seems like, as they, you know, didn't play Zegras. They aren't playing Leo Carlson. We don't know about this game yet. So anything we really want to say on Anaheim at this point is like, there's a couple punts here that might go overlooked and that would be most notably Mason McTavish, but 4,900 already kind of feels a little bit steep. Um, not insanity, like, okay, he's a mid range guy. Um, but yeah, I guess on one side with Anaheim, it's like these guys like for Toronto and, and, and like, he's getting very expensive. Like they're going to be like 0% and they're, and they feel expensive. So it's going to make them even less, but I probably end up just fully fading this game personally. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm expecting Leo Carlson to play it. They're really trying to manage his minutes and the, the, the literal, uh, games he plays this season. Um, I, I believe overseas he maxed out at something like 35, 40 games, you know, just in the, the Swedish league. Um, so it makes sense from a philosophical uh, perspective when he does play, we've not seen any sort of restrictor play. Like he's, he came in his first game played 19 minutes, followed that up with a 21 minute performance price down at 3,200 paired with Zegers and Terry all power play correlated. It, it actually is kind of intriguing to me. Um, now I don't think I'm playing that without a Pasternak, uh, just because, you know, I think Pasternak is, uh, probably the best payup option um we'll talk about mckinnon i love that game environment as well but um i don't think matthews or dry are in a, in a great spot and everyone else is far cheaper than these guys are so um that's kind of makes your decision a bit more limited and i do think if i'm playing posternock like the leo carlson value specifically at 3200 does stand out to me as a reasonable way to go so um in any case, um, I think that's where I'm leaving things. I'm not digging deeper, you know, second line, whatever. So uh, how do you want to play Boston? Are you going back to uh, the guy who burned you in uh, Pavel Zaka here, played 20 minutes last game? I don't know Pavel Zaka. I've still oh, okay. never heard of this guy. Uh, you keep bringing him up, but he's dead to me. And, of course, he did score last game, as you're alluding to, um, against the old Blackhawks. But... I mean, I, I think it's, you know, being serious. If you're playing posture doc, he makes sense. I, I don't know. I, I just, again, I, McAvoy has been good too. I guess that's worth pointing out. Um, might be a bit under the radar. What's his price again? I think he's not even really, I think he was G, yeah, 6,300. It's not that great, but um, he's been shooting. He's been maybe like a little bit surprisingly better than I expected, but um, Marshand, I don't know. I mean, really like, it's not too hard. I'm probably not going to play it, but those are the guys that exist. I don't know. I feel like I just said, like, these are the best players on this team, obviously. And <laughs> yes, they are yeah. still the best players on this team. And they all play together five on five in the power play. There's four guys. They're playing Anaheim. Like people are going to do it. I think I'm going to not do it. Um, JVR, the other guy in that top unit, DeBrusque, after being like, you know, bench for the team meeting was back to playing a pretty big role, but not in the first power play. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think it's like, I'm going to spend my money elsewhere and Boston's fairly priced all considered, but I just, yeah, like I said, I think ownership could come. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, let's move on though to Seattle, Carolina. Um, so Carolina, welcome back. Fashion Ajo last game. Um, that was relatively unexpected. They, there was some rumor of it in morning skate that he could return. 
Um, he came back and really their lines were a complete mess. Uh, so he's uh, listed as a wing on the slate. Um, seems like he spent time on the wings with uh, Jordan Stahl and Tara Vinen. Um, I'm not sure if uh, who was taking faceoffs or not. You know, it's it's a little messy. But he came right back into 21 minutes, so that's a generally positive sign. Uh, 6600, it's an okay price tag. Um, I'm a little interested if somehow it's like, oh, Jordan Stahl's actually like playing with him, then just like stacking those two guys together. But you know, that's just uh, that's just a donkey nonsense type uh, you know take on Jordan Stahl. Um, but otherwise, I don't think Tara Vinen's really going to be an option with Bajo back. He's downgraded to the second power play unit. Um, and so I think this is just, you got to wait and see if, you know, Natchez is there with Ajo, maybe you use up two wing slots or something, but generally speaking, this game feels a little bit gross. Um, and if I were to target this game, I'd honestly probably rather chase the other side uh, where there's lots and lots of value options that I feel better about than, you know, 6,200, Jarvis and 5,600 Michael Bunting. So any hot takes on Carolina here? I don't have any hot takes. I mean, I think if I'm playing Carolina, I, I honestly, I mean, just candidly, I, I doubt it. Um, but this Natchez price is at least interesting to me. Uh, he hasn't been unbelievable by any stretch. Like, I mean, I guess the six points in seven games isn't terrible, um, but the shooting, the rates haven't been world beating, albeit I think the best on the team with Aho being out. I would be interested to see if him and Aho don't stick together though. And if that's the case, that's, that's maybe when I give it a, a couple of looks. Uh, both at wing is weird, I, not pref- preferable, but that is at least something. Um, I, I, I guess my interest would really start and end if it's like Aho, Natras, and Jarvis together or something. Like, And then you get that full power play. And it feels like if that kind of comes out right before lock, it, it's all kind of right in the middle around the, you know, the 6K mark. It, it might be a bit unique. Um, D'Angelo would pair with it as well. Uh, I just, you know, you don't have to, but you could. That was yeah. the hard play. Um, but again, like that would be interesting to me if it's like, okay, they're going full on. This is our offense line. Yeah. And we talked about uh, Brett Pesci being out last pod, I believe. It sounds yes. like uh, Pesci is going to be out for like a while. So that just further entrenches D'Angelo and Orlov as options. I don't think they're great options necessarily, yeah. um, but they're fine. Uh, you know, at their prices, they're only going to increase in price. So if you're playing Carolina, this is a team where, like, you know, obviously D'Angelo gets the power play one, Burns gets the power play two, but so many shots come from the point, and they're just so generally involved in, like, the the cycling um, in the offensive zone that, like, it's perfectly okay to just stack whichever, you know, who stack whoever with whoever. Brady Shea's 2,900, like, I, I don't really understand that either. So, like, any of these three guys I think are you know, really good plays uh, for, for the salary you're spending on this slate. Um, Seattle, Yanni Gord, uh, 3K, uh, coming off of what? Okay, he's played, what, seven games this year and hit at least 16 minutes in all but one of them. Um, did he wind up finishing the game centering McCann? Uh, let's see. Hold on, I'm pulling it up to you. Yeah, I mean, that, that Seattle game was... With, with, I mean, he started yeah. centering uh, Tolvanen and McCann, which was uh, very intriguing. Yep, there it is. Um, yeah, Tolvanen and Gord McCann was their nominal third line, and you know they didn't play a ton of five on five minutes. Um, but 
Tolvanen, um, McCann, they each play prime roles on opposite power play units. So I'm, you know, fine uh, with those guys. And then Gord at 3K is just a solid value. Um, I like that. Ty Cartier shows up, uh, doesn't get any uh, power play run, which is the main issue, but um, he, I think, had five shots and a goal, um, now priced at 3500 so if you want to chase that, he's a talented prospect, you know, decent rates, nothing crazy in the minor leagues, um, but, you know, I would prefer to chase the Eberle, Schwartz, Tolvin, and Bjorkstrand over Cartier myself, but if you want uh Matty Benier's exposure. I mean, that's how you get it, I think, through Cartier rather than paying 5K for Bernier's. Um, but any preferred stack for you? Yeah, again, I'm I'm <laughs> this is not one of my favorite games by any stretch. There's definitely some value here. I, I agree with what you're saying. I think right. if I'm doing anything, like it's probably coming through McCann because I just think he's clearly the most explosive player on this team. But I also am just like McCann and Dunn and Dunn is not on his power play. And that just kind of like kills me um, for playing this side. I just don't have enough faith. And I get the Cartier thing like that. It does actually make a good bit of sense. No power play run on either unit, which was tough, but he does seem like, uh, you know, a good player that is, has rates and is going to be, I don't even know his price off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's really, really cheap. So yeah, I can see um, why I, you like punt that way, but I just think I think we're just talking right past each other. So let's move to the next game. Wait, what did you say? <laughs> I listed his price, talked about his rates, and you know, uh, no power play for Cartier. So okay, we well, said um, the same thing twice. Sorry, I I'm literally yeah. like I I just need to stop looking at my phone because my family is absolutely blowing me up by the Bills game right now tomorrow that I should never have gone to, and I just I, I can't not look at the text. Like I just like I have to like mute it right now. Like it's gonna be okay. And I literally like while you were talking, I I got like six messages in a row, and I'm just like, holy crap, shut up! So well, I'm, that's I'm certain me. I I was not listening to whatever you said about the last game because we got new Washington lines that I missed on uh, editing my showdown lineup by like three seconds. So um, uh, I'm just I'm just raging tilt over here because freaking Washington someone, tweeted out did the someone lines not play? wrong. No, um, just the lines were different, and the team tweeted something out, and no one else did when we hit record at like seven twenty four, and then like three minutes later, there's the the freaking the the correct lines that I missed. So uh, the good news is, yeah, ridiculous. We we sucked on the two games that I I I will I'll nearly guarantee. I I mean, besides maybe Carolina, I I don't think there's much of a chance I'm touching either of those two games on this eleven game slate. So you know what? Let's rally and get to a game that I think is at least interesting, if not intriguing, out in D2, Royt, where the Winnipeg Jets come to town. Um, so far, uh, I believe we've had a six, and actually, I don't even know about the Carolina game. It probably is a six or a six and a half, but I think this is one of the, yeah, it's funny. Is this one of the higher totals? I don't know why. I guess it, it's six and a half minus funny, but I thought it'd be higher, honestly. Um, so yeah, Detroit has been easily, far and away, the most prolific team in fantasy hockey. Uh, that also comes at, you know, like some of these players like to it might not shoot 40% this year, you know, Robbie Fabry, is he shooting 50%? Yeah. Does he only have one goal? Sure. Um, but again, it seems like everyone on Detroit is kind of overproducing in some respect and on Winnipeg side, maybe kind of coming together. Hard to know, like they'd be Edmonton and, and St. Louis. And it's like, is this, this a team? Is this a team we should talk about? Um, but we're going to talk about them. That's the, that's where this is going. So Matt, to bring it, sick, but probably going to play. Are you considering these Red Wings yet again? 
Uh, definitely. I mean, their power play has been so good that, like, I, I think it's a little fishy to play Lucas Raymond at this point. Um, like, if there's going to be any ownership there, um, just because all of their production has come through the power play. Um, that's sustainable production, in my opinion. Like, they're five on five numbers. They're like, I think they're the, I, this is before their most recent game, but I think they were like third worst in expected goals for and third in actual goals. Like, it's just yeah, clear right, there's right. a radio bender, and, you know, Andrew Kopp is like a benefactor of that and things like that. Um, but their power play dudes are actually clicking. The power play looks phenomenal. Obviously, Larkin, you know, getting to brink it seems to have really unlocked something. Shane Goss's bear looks awesome. Um, you know, I'm manning the point for for the power play as well. So, or, sorry, well, he's not really manning the point because technically most siders manning the point, but Gossespierre is really orchestrating the power play, and if if that's the term I can use, um, so I'm really interested in Larkin, uh, Debrinket, and Gossespierre so long as Petrie doesn't return and make it a seven D night. Um, if Gossespierre is only playing ten minutes for five K, like you know. It, he could get there, but it's far easier for him to get there when he's getting, you know, the 20-ish minutes that he could get if uh, Petrie uh, continues to miss time. So I'm keeping an eye out for the 7D setup. They've, they've done that when Petrie's healthy this season and use Goss's Bear mostly as a powerful only guy. But for me, that's the only place I'll go. I'll mix in David Perron if I really want to. Um, but his minutes are very power play dependent. Like without him, he's, you know, stuck in the Daniel Sprong zone, it seems like. Um, so yep. that said, Winnipeg just is not a team I'm looking to stack. I could not believe yesterday Winnipeg one was like one of the highest zone stacks on the night. Um, they all came in north of 10%. I just don't, you know, it, I, it's just not for me. So I'll continue to fade that. And if they burn me at some point, then, you know, I'll tip my cap. Um, yeah, I, I could see myself playing Winnipeg to be honest, because I, I really, really uh capitulated if you will um i was back and forth last slate i'm glad i didn't play them as they really didn't get there obviously um but that trifley connor i follow morrissey you know however you want to do it it's it's gonna happen uh i think the i i I do think st louis is just starting to trend towards very bad defensively um and that may have been some of that ownership and and i think people might be afraid to play detroit unlike me who thinks that this pdo bender is going to come to a crashing all at some point so i'm at least interested here um i'm not sure on it yet it's not that cheap and there are a lot of good options on this slate but it's in my consideration set i'm not looking at too much of this potential value i mean ehlers still first power to play but you know, hit the post, didn't score. I'm not even sure. I think he may have registered one shot on net, but only 15 total minutes is kind of stinky. Um, second unit, I'm not that interested in. I know Mason Appleton got there. He put the goal. Um, but yeah, I, I for me, it's like I, I'm, I am considering this top line and that that's all there really is to it. Yeah, Detroit's I mean, good I too, but you, yeah, you covered yeah, that. Like, yep, okay. Uh, so let's, let's move over to Columbus and Montreal, uh, the Adam Fantilli show. <laughs> um, I, the, the goal he scored was phenomenal. Um, you should find it. Um, but without Patrick Liney, he's been getting uh, a decent amount of five and five run. Uh, he's only 3,500. And this is a guy who, you know, if I'm saying uh, Leo Carlson was a good play on this slate, then this is a, uh, then Fantilli is getting a much better matchup. Um, and he has a similar sort of role without the premium power play time, though on this team, I'm not sure it matters, <laughs> uh, honestly. Um, 
And so, you know, with all that said, Fantilli's a guy who profiled very similar to Jack Eichel in college. And like, you know, we know what Eichel did his rookie year. It was certainly better than 3,500 in a matchup with Montreal when he's reasonably playing 17 minutes uh, on the night. So getting him, uh, Roslovich and Textier for a very cheap price could get steamed up if the projections are, you know, uh, uh, willing to buy like Jack Roslovich's last few games where he's been actually getting ice time. Um, so I'm keeping an eye on that for sure. Be, but if it's like somewhat reasonable, I think playing all three of those dudes is, is kind of fun. Um, but leave off taxi if you feel like it and just want to play the two. Um, I'm not interested in the high end pieces of Columbus. Uh, how about you? I think I'm, I'm interested in now uh, Regardless, I mean, I think that, that that guy, this guy is uh, real, real, real good. I mean, 6,400 does feel a bit steep, um, but everything's kind of there for this guy to have an absolutely monster slate at any point. The shots, you know, the minutes, it kind of feels like it's like, okay, Borensky's offense, Provorov is is going to be defense, and Borensky with Severson, uh, I think is just a really good pairing overall and kind of it helps him to even be more um, off- offensive-minded. Leading the team right now in rates, uh, Marchenko and Fantilli are tied in second. So I do want to give another shout to Fantilli, but I almost wonder if people aren't going to pair them just because of the non-power play correlation. But A, I, I wonder if at any moment Fantilli couldn't find himself on that top unit. Yeah, he move up a unit because they did score on the power play last game with Benstrom and not Fantilli, but that second unit, um, the Kent Johnson thing, it kind of feels like he's just only on the first power play, but maybe that's just not his role. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested. I, I think that Fantilli and Lorenzki could be, could be something that I kind of go back and forth on, or honestly, I think you could play Fantilli one off without any, you know, anything crazy, but definitely, like you mentioned, there's a very obvious sure. pairing in Ross. Yes. And, uh, definitely do a double check in the morning because, um, they had like 13 power plays or like nine or something ridiculous, like 17 minutes of power play time Columbus did, and they didn't get a goal from that top unit. So, you know, I would not be surprised to see changes there. Um, so just keep an eye out. Uh, Montreal, uh, Nick Suzuki is finally like, uh, doing stuff. I don't know if that's the appropriate way to, uh, phrase it in my head, but like, I'm watching him and it looks like he's actually doing stuff other than just trying to pass it to Cole Caulfield. This is the sort of matchup where obviously you like it when he's just passing the Cole Caulfield, but it makes you feel a little bit less secure in his fantasy of viability. Given the matchup, given the pricing, I don't think Montreal gets a ton of ownership. Um, and this is a place where I'm sort of interested in leaving off Harvey Pinard, for example, if he's still on the top line and just playing Mathis and Suzuki Caulfield, grabbing some Columbus value and just going elsewhere on the slate as well. So um, that's all that's all I'm considering, though. Brendan Gallagher is fun. Like, I like that he's back and doing stuff, but I don't think on a 11 game slate, I can sign up for a dude whose ceiling is getting 15 minutes and probably is more likely to get like 11 minutes. Um, so anyone else on Montreal, like, uh, the Alex Newhook minutes for surgeons, uh, anything like that interest you? No, but yeah. it's, I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, was it, yeah, Josh Anderson got up to the top line a bit last game too. Yeah. They um, got killed. So. Yeah, yeah. They got killed. I just, I'm more of a keep an eye on exactly what they run in practice as there could be some yeah. rumbling. Basically um, whoever's there. I'm not that interested. It's Caulfield Suzuki for me. 
like I'm just leaving the third guy off to what try about, and get different with well, it because what about Michael well, Michael Matheson? Well, that that's what I that's what I was saying. Like play the three man okay. Michael Matheson with oh. those two and just move on. Okay, um, unless oh, okay. Unless it's Yuri Slavkovsky because um, we're just waiting for that, you know. But they're never going to try that because they hate us. Yeah, Matheson just feels like a guy that's real due for a double bonus two point night. I mean that that it's going to happen within you know a month. Like by the end of November, that's going to happen. I, I guarantee it. And and you want to be on that night? If it's tomorrow, I don't know. But this guy is what uh, twenty eight I Corsi and sixteen blocks. Like boy, he's he's going to get there. He's going to get all the way there. And Justin Barron isn't going to score every goal while they're out there at five on five. Well, he might. I mean, the dude. He just might. The dude's a baby goat. Um, one of my dudes yeah. from a couple years ago. Uh, really painful to see his, uh, um, you know, blow up these past couple of games where he scores twice. Um, yeah. But you know, it, it just does seem like without David Savard, they're just like, all right, Madison, you're getting 26 minutes, basically yeah. minimum. Like <laughs> you're you're out. There. Agree. And, and yep. uh, that's fun to see. But we can yeah, we can keep we'll keep this show rolling here. It's a not, not the biggest. Game on the slate is Columbus, Montreal, uh, Colorado, Pittsburgh. On the other hand, I do think could be a bit more of a game that people actually care about and play in daily fantasy. Um, man, it just, it feels like this is sort of like the, the perfect storm. I actually think this is the highest total. Now I'm double checking really quickly analyzing. Yes, this is the highest total on the slate for the sports books by, by, a, by a hair. Uh, Colorado has been just, I mean, that offense, she's humming um, goals. They're scoring. Pittsburgh has just been a, a team that just is pushing the pace. I mean, I know we talked about a lot in the last show. Dallas got there kind of in a sense. I don't think they, they you know, not slate breaking and, and probably not slate winning, but, um, you know, Dallas one was, was doing Dallas one things again. Uh, Pittsburgh was making the game fun. They were pushing the pace. They were shooting a ton. Um, like I could really see a scenario where you spend all your cap here and, and take punts elsewhere. And that being a really viable option tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a very similar texture to what you're describing uh, type lineup uh, last night. Let me just pull it up quick. Um, where I played Dallas one hints, Robertson, Pavelski. I played Malkin going the other way. Um, and then instead of punting two D slots, I tried to condense my my punts onto a Holloway, Ryan McLeod stack. Both of them are minimum salary. We'll talk about Edmonton. Um, and then I played Noah Dobson, Tori Krug, and punted goalie. It felt massively because Malkin didn't get there. Um, you know, my goalie got negative six. It was the it was the Arizona goalie. Um, so like, you know, nothing happened of it, but that's certainly a, a build that I'm more than comfortable deploying. Um, and honestly might try something similar on uh this exact slate. So um, I don't think you need me to tell you that my favorite one-off is Malkin, but Brian Rust is certainly in play. Uh, you know, producing last game was uh, a good sign, and he should keep that power to play one job. Um, you know, if he's continuing to hold the hot hand, like you said on Tuesday. Um, and otherwise, just keep an eye out. But uh, we got Lekinen, McKinnon, Nichushkin. Um, McKinnon's really expensive, but Nichushkin, Lekinen are cheap enough to where I'm actually considering playing uh, Nathan McKinnon on the slate. So that should tell you something about, um, you know, about uh, Colorado's ownership, because if I'm interested, it's likely the field is going to pile on. But, you know, good spot. Uh, good players and good prices. So, uh, anything else? I mean, yeah, no, I, I, 
I like this game. I like this game. I like Rust. I like Balkan. Um, I like Carlson. I, I, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of defensemen on this slate that I feel like I, I like. Uh, Carlson might be it's a, a hair expensive at 6,900, but I don't think it's egregious for him. Um, you know, certainly wasn't last year. And this guy is not, not quite the same, of course, but I, I think you get there at any moment. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I really, I honestly, I'm like almost distracted by like trying to build game stacks here. Cause I, I really think that there could be something in the cards for me tomorrow where yeah. all right. my cards um, turn over and I'm in on this one quite heavy. All right. So, Keeping keeping things going to San Jose Tampa. Um, Tampa is a little bit cheaper than you might expect a team to be playing uh, the Sharks. So right away, I could see ownership coming in on guys like Victor Hedman, Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point. Um, you know, Stephen Tamkos, obviously. Uh, this is, I think, the classic either overstack or just don't you know, don't one off a Kucherov or something. Like, I just don't think that's ever going to end well for you. Um, don't play any depth in Tampa. I, I don't think there's any value to any of these plays. Even Nick Paul is so thin that, like, if you're not playing him in a five-man power play stack, I just don't see how you're, you know, plus EV over the long run um, because he's getting you either one or he's getting you, you know, 10 or 15 if the power play puts up multiple points. So um, that's pretty straightforward any any complaints about my tampa takes you know we can sort out top stacks later on in, in the show um okay. great okay Sorry. so yeah nope you're fine because what i wanted to do is talk about san jose because that that's where things are actually interesting um like i mentioned off the top barabanov got hurt late in the game and in the six on four situation they did not use kyle burrows and they used both of the bank and Eklund, um, in addition to, you know, uh, four power play guys, which included Fabian Zetterland. So I guess technically Zetterland too could be in that mix as far as uh, who's the power play one guy. Um, but, you know, between LeBanc, Eklund, Zetterland, all these guys are sub 3K. All of them presumably are going to get increased roles because Barabanov was, you know, a, a key winger on the team. Um, and so whoever wins the job, I think wins daily fantasy relevancy um and all three dudes have some combination of you know elite prospect potential and really strong rates like obviously Eklund doesn't have the rates but he has the profile LeBanc the inverse and you know Zetterland kind of has a little bit of both so I'm keeping a very close eye on this situation this is the prototypical one-off punt spot um maybe pair a couple line mates if you want to play like a hurdle um stack but uh Tampa's you know given up a ton of shots so even if they don't score I think these punt plays can get there um on this slate yeah no I this, this is really an interesting game honestly it's it is so cheap um I could I could really see myself again this is not a game I like I like uh but punts on San Jose I mean it gun to head to pick one right now is there one that you think you're like if you're taking like a one-off too, I'm talking like you're just playing one guy, you, you have the room, you decided. I mean, is there one guy you think is just a bit above the rest or not really? Um, yeah, I mean, it's back-to-back games where Kevin LeBanc has gotten up north of 15 minutes. And that's, you know, a really important threshold to me because we know the guy um, historically just really continually fails to, to crack that. So if we get any sort of confirmation that he's the guy, I'm very interested. If it's Eklund, I'm slightly less so, unless he's also alongside Hurdle at 5-on-5. 
And then if it's Zetterland, I will consider it, but we haven't seen him crack 15 minutes yet. So I'm a little bit skeptical um, that he can really get like this outsized role. Um, but just Barabanov did everything for San Jose. Just He wasn't great, but he did just a little bit of everything. Um, so I do think there's some role to grow into for, for those guys. Um, so Ottawa and the Islanders. Uh, Noah Dobson is on the slate. Noah yep. Dobson continues to smash. Um, I will once again note that as long as Scott Mayfield is out, I am playing Noah Dobson. Once Mayfield returns is when I'm saying, okay, maybe not Noah Dobson, uh, because I want to see Noah Dobson killing penalties. I want to see him, you know, in defensive situations like he is right now. Um, and without Mayfield, that's what he's been doing. So that's all I have from this game. So talk about whoever you want to from this game. Um, sure. Uh, I think again, like I've said it going into the year, I think the Islanders are kind of fun. They're not, not crazy. I'm not going overboard here, okay? I think they may be a little bit fun. They, right now, five on five, fourth most Corsi against per 60, okay? Oh, I mean, they're not, you know, league leading by any stretch in Corsi four, but they're not, I think they're in like the, eh, I guess they're in like the bottom 10 or so. Uh, they're Yeah, they, they will have fun, but all their Corsi is going to come from the same guys, um, I, I do think that there's just this stigma around the Islanders that needs to go away. I'm here to, I'm here to get rid of that stigma. Okay. Noah Dobbs is going to play a bunch of minutes. Ottawa on the other side, albeit it's been a bit lucky, <laughs> some of their guys and some of their guys are just like, I mean, I, I again, uh, it's not egregious like Detroit, but I think that, that some of these guys might not quite, you know, I, I don't know if I'm paying the price for Stutzel and, and the Chuck. Okay. That, that's what I'm getting at. But I think you could very reasonably play a couple guys in this game and feel good about it. And, mm-hmm. If you do want to play Ottawa, I definitely don't think you're wrong. It's probably my main point. And I think if you're playing Ottawa, you could definitely still play Mr. Noah Dobson on the other side. Yeah. Um, I can't figure out if Josh Norris feels too expensive, 5,500 or underpriced. Like, I don't think 5,500 is right for him though. No, <laughs> like, no. It's this weird thing where like, you know, uh, just his profile as a prolific goal scorer and his performance so far in that role, like on the year, um, has me pretty convinced that he should be higher, but I'm just still not sure that I trust the team and trust that, uh, you know, like, the minutes haven't really been there for him. Like he's playing a very limited five on five role at this point. Yeah. Um, so like there's, there's multiple factors that are sort of pulling me in both directions. Um, but I mean, Jake Sanderson being on the top power play yeah. makes, you know, him interesting at 5,500. Like he's a guy who without the power play run last year, put up really good rates. Um, but the salary is nowhere near this close. So I'm interested to see if, you know, getting 25 minutes a night actually tends to hurt his rates or not. Um, so, that, but that's really all that I can see myself playing. Like Batherson feels pretty thin. Um, yeah. And then Kachuk suits large too expensive, like you said. Yep. Norris Sanderson is probably the way to do it. And and yeah, the five on five is bad-ish. It's, you know, I, I think it could get better with time. I mean, Last game, they had so many power play minutes. It kind of looks like against the Sabres, that game kind of became a bit of a power play, um, you know, c- craziness. And like Norris is just the guy they want shooting. It just, that is what it is. Yep, exactly. It's, it's, it's So there you go. Easy enough if you want to do also, it. Also, uh, Dobson, Norris, elite one-offs um, on the slate, in my yeah, opinion, too. Yeah, that's um, another good point. Yeah, there, there's really not a ton on the Islanders I think is like ultra important besides Dobson. I think you kind of know what you could or couldn't do. Like there's, there's Horvat, Barzell, Lee, um, power play one, Dobson, Barzell, Horvat, Palmieri, Nelson. 
Um, I can't see myself playing Paul Mary, to be, to be honest, uh, you know, Elson, I think I'd go with the Horvat situation, but I just kind of doubt mm-hmm. I get there myself. Yep. Um, all right. So Minnesota and Philly, uh, Ryan Hartman coming off of a 52 point game uh, with that power play one time. Just I'm glad we, ca- I'm glad we called it. Yeah. Glad we called it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so expect there to be some chasing and, you know, uh, it's it's a little strange, like Philly flying all the way from Vegas, uh, playing at eleven Tuesday night. Uh, you know, then having to turn back around, and they're playing seven thirty on Thursday. Um, so closer to a back to back than other situations where a team gets a day off between games. Um, but I don't really think that matters a ton. Um, the thing that might matter is Kalen Addison. He's getting like up perfectly fine role for for this blue line um ownership has been there on kaprizov of course but hasn't really been there on addison so you know and i think that's in part because he is 4k um but i'm kind of interested in like you know keeping you know keeping the bet going that like if i need to punt d anyway like find a little bit of money and play addison with the minnesota stack and just hope that you know this is the game where he gets multiple points um Otherwise, I just I can't chase this Minnesota team. That they've just not been that good. Like they had a huge game last game, but um, their underlines aren't great. I wasn't super high in them coming in, so I'm I'm just gonna keep waiting it out until I get absolutely forced to uh, recognize them. I think that's fair. I, I also kind of similarly don't know if I love love this game. Um, famous last words. I, I could see, I definitely see the scenario why you play Minnesota. You kind of laid it out already. It's like, I, I just, I think that I'm not going to do it. I, I also don't know if I'm, I'm jumping on these flyers either. They, they've been fine though. I, I don't think this flyers team is as abhorrent as I thought they'd be. And I was maybe minorly higher on them than most. Like I was like, this team might, might be, you know, not mm-hmm. the absolute worst team in the league. I just don't know what to play. Like, do you just um, like, look at Owen Tippett I mean, and say, like, I don't understand what they're doing on the power play at all. I guess Sandheim's going in for York now. That That's cool. So what? So you're playing, like, I don't know. I'll let you go. I'll hang up with this. Uh, yeah, I mean, what they should be doing is putting Tippett in the brink spot. But I think they like the York-Tippett, like, second unit. And I think they let off a power play. Um, yeah, against they Vegas. split pretty. Yeah, they split pretty down the middle. I mean, Tippett feels cheap at 4,400. It's kind of like what I'm yeah, wrestling exactly. with. Um, they put him with Katerier, if I recall correctly, and I believe. Yep, I yep. It's it's Katerier, Atkinson, Tippett, and all those guys are sub five k. Um, just the thing it's is, shooting. the optimizers are really like projecting their rates for Atkinson, Katerier, as if they weren't like returning from a year long hiatus from playing professional hockey. Um, so I've noticed some higher ownership on these guys than I'm comfortable with. So I don't know, maybe Tippett falling from 6K to begin the year to 4,400, yeah. despite being in his probable best role to this point, you know, alongside yes. those two, um, that that might make it worth it. But um, yeah, I'll I'll keep a closer eye on ownership than anything else. But that's where I would go if I were playing Philly. Has um, York been because... any better at shooting the buck? Not really. Okay, not really. No, but he's been getting so many minutes that yeah. uh, he's actually in play now. Okay, um, yeah, I don't, I didn't look at his price directly. Thirty four hundred. Okay, um, yeah, I could, I could be convinced. I mean, he's yeah, shout like, out to uh, 
yeah it's the paul paul newman in the uh in the discord he's you know he's a york guy so every time he does stuff he yeah, he posts and um it's a good guy to get on the ground floor of because cam york is you know really good we just got burned by him so many times last year i think we're just like you know just just, just wait <laughs> Um, yeah. But this is the York emergence, if if you're willing to bet on it. So I, yeah, I think uh, Tippett York is viable. Yep. Okay. Toronto Dallas. Um, I really don't think outside of the main dudes in this game, I have any interest in punts. Um, and the main guys in this game are so expensive. Like uh, Toronto to me is a much different matchup than Pittsburgh, so I'm not that interested in chasing the Robertson line. Um, and I just, you know, I've liked these other values on the slate more than, uh, or sorry, these other high-end guys on the slate more than Austin Matthews. So maybe famous last words, but, um, I think I'm pretty much out on this game and I'm not aware of any news that really changes anything based on uh, what we know, you know, from the previous five games for each of these teams. Yeah, no, it, it just comes down to opportunity cost. And I like Pittsburgh, Colorado, um, Tampa, definitely more um, I, I don't need to i guess quote myself on every single player every team here but uh there's definitely too many options i like more than either in this yep. game at their uh, seat prices so so just everything um, you think yeah yeah just know that uh nice got moved down to the third line bertuzzi's with tavares nylander and yarn is with uh matthews marner so if you're trying to stack that's what you should be looking at in your uh, optimizers okay uh two more games St. Louis and Calgary. Uh, starting on the St. Louis side, uh, Bushnevich returned and took the power play job of Brandon Saad. Um, Saad kept the five-on-five role, but something tells me that won't stick after they got uh, you know housed by Winnipeg um, the other night. So I'm moderately interested in just chasing the Kairou sub-7K price tag. I mean, Kairou getting the four blocks bonus last game was quite the sign. Um, that, that's, that's kind of a bullish indicator. So if this dude double bonuses gets a couple points, like, yeah, there's a 30 pointer right there. Um, you know, not too shabby. Um, but the team kind of stinks like, you know, uh, it, I, I totally get why you wouldn't go there. Just Robert Thomas at 4k is probably too good for the price tag. Um, again, Tori Krug 4,600, like this just feels like a time where you're getting the guys on the top power play for a team. Um, and you're just not paying for it. And Calgary, probably not likely giving up a ton of volume, but they can give you a ton of blocks. They can give up a ton of goals because their goaltending stinks. Like, we know the story with Calgary. Um, and without Rasmus Anderson, I think that this could be an even more sort of, like, good offensive matchup for the St. Louis main guys. So that's all I'm looking at here. Uh, anything on the Calgary side, though, for you? Because I'm guessing you're not a St. Louis guy. No, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be uh, jumping on the blues. Um, yeah, I think they're, like I said, I think they're actually our trash. Um, I'm almost becoming concerned that them being as bad as they've been is starting to seep into some of the, uh, the opto bros. Um, they've given up quite a bit of Corsi against uh, second now worse as Chicago was very bad against Boston. And, and so they just, you know, they took over the worst that could Corsi against for six, yeah, five on five. And I'll tell you, this Calgary team for everyone probably assuming at what two, four, and one is a train wreck. I really don't know if they're actually quite as bad as the numbers indicate. I think they've been a bit unlucky, especially at forward. So I could really see myself taking a good hard look at a Flames team that, like I said, I'm a little bit worried that there could be some ownership that comes in, but maybe not on guys like Kadri and, and uh, whoever he's going to play with. Um, 
I, I mean, I keep calling him Adam Brzezica, but you called him something different before we started. And I'm sure you're right. And it's, I'm wrong. It's Rzicka. Rzicka. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. likely out. So I'm going to keep an eye on who Kadri's with. Uh, you'll kind of keep an eye on exactly what the lineup looks like, but I could be talked into playing through Kadri. Um, no Rasmus Anderson. Again, he'll be, you know, definitely out for the suspension that which was upheld, but it would have been out anyways, even if it was diminished by a game. Um, Hannafin up on the top power play. Mackenzie Wieger's rates have been fantastic, but not on the top power play. You could yeah. probably convince yourself on either of them. I don't know if I'm going to myself, um, but could see myself with a cadre and another guy that he's with at five on five and just see what ends up shaking out exactly with their practice tomorrow. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I would do as well. So um, just the pricing on Lindholm Kadri on smaller slates is interesting, like to just stack those two together because they're both so integral to the power play um, and, you know, could condense 60% of the shots on two sticks, which is nice. Um, Coronado's too expensive for the role. Um, but yep. otherwise, there's uh, Zadorov as a punt is kind of interesting you know without Anderson the minutes have to go somewhere Zadorov is a guy who will be their main defensive guy um, outside of Mackenzie Weger more than likely um, so 2900 for that that's just a guy who you know we're reacting to the uh, situations Chris Tanev we know he's not really a high ceiling type blocker shooter guy Zadorov at least will do that in small samples so I prefer Zadorov personally yeah, um, but, but yeah not that you put Coronado with Kadri. I think I might end up, I might bite, I, even if Coronado yeah. is 14 minutes and whatever. Like, I, it's just 4,500. Like, you're really giving up stuff, in my opinion. Um, you are certainly. So. I, I, I mean, if he's not on the fourth line, though, maybe he just, I, I, you're probably right. Um, I All mean, right. you could honestly, Kadri could be a one off. We, we got to keep moving, though. I know you're, yep, yep. Last game. So, uh, the Rangers and Edmonton. Um, Kako Zabinijak, Kreider, Lafreniere, Hedel, Panarin, uh, Cooley, Trojak, Wheeler. Their power play one was exactly what you would expect. Um, and yeah, this is a pretty good spot going into Edmonton, uh, where Edmonton just, you know, uh, they got fleeced by Ryan Hartman. If you're trying to find the most Ryan Hartman guy in the league who is not Ryan Hartman, that might be Vincent Trojak. So, you know, if you're trying to play similarity scores, there's your guy. Um, but nondescript, you know, center who's kind of good, has kind of good rates and just never really seems to be the guy going for 50. Well, there you go. There you have it. Um, but, you know, of course, you know, Minnesota got seven on 3.5 expected goals or whatever. So it's not like Edmonton was that terrible. Um, so I don't know. First, I know anything to say about the uh rangers side of things other than just like you know play stacks around those lines i just read off yeah it's i mean again i i feel like here i am just like literally reading off natural stat trick but these two are have actually been the two lowest corsi against per 60 teams in the league um the rangers i feel like are actually trying to be very boring and the oilers just every shot has gone in so i don't know if it's you know that's going to stick and they're actually might be better defensively than you think but regardless i think the rangers do want to be boring i think they will be boring against the oilers and just do everything they can to take away that uh, you know dry cycle who probably can't get it done on his own without mcdavid um yeah. i'm not interested in this game but i do get the pricing on the rangers being enticing especially because the oilers cannot keep the puck out of their net at all i mean it is historic levels of bad right now and i don't know if they're just going to fix it overnight 
Um, so I definitely think if I'm doing it, I am just going through Panarin. As we mentioned, I probably just play Panarin, Zabinijad, and, you know, Kreider and just move on. Like, it's all the way or it's not at all. Like, they either absolutely blow the doors off and they completely, you know, score the lights out. They get a couple power plays early or you're not getting there anyways, you know. So I, I'm likely fading, but it's easy how to do it. Yeah, I mean, I like playing a lot of pieces of Edmonton uh, in a vacuum because of the situation with McDavid. Like last game, they were rolled 11 and seven. Um, They're in cap hell without McDavid because they can't put him on LTIR to get them cap relief. So like, they're just completely screwed as far as like filling out their roster right now. Um, And that means, you know, Ryan McLeod played 17 minutes. Yanmark played 18 minutes. Um, You know, uh, Dylan Holloway even played 15 minutes. Uh, So these these are the sort of things that like when these dudes are actually minimum salary that I think do matter. Um, And so there's just such a path to like bonafide roles for these guys Um, and also power play job. You know, everyone slides up back home, gets a power play job. You know, there's something for Holloway and for McLeod and, you know, that isn't normally there um when McDavid's playing the full you know two minutes of every power play that I I do think there's something to be said that like you know that this is actually an okay time to just jam it because you know who cares if the Rangers are giving up you know 60 shot attempts or 50 it's not like we're paying you know 9k for Dreisaitl we're paying you know 5k combined for two guys in Holloway and McLeod for instance or even the Evander Canes of 5100 like He's going to make his own shots regardless. And he's 5,100, gets an upgraded role, played 20 minutes last game. Like, I think all the guys that I mentioned are pretty sharp. Um, Yeah, Bouchard. Yeah, but 11 and 7. Yeah. The minutes weren't there, but the the guy is firing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, Evan Bouchard is everything you said he'd be in more, Matt, and you're not going to victory lap it, which is a little bit disappointing, but. I mean, I'll victory lap it when he actually finishes with 82 points in however many games. But, you know, at this point, there's still a ton that can go wrong. So there's really no sense in victory lap. Like Vic David getting hurt. (laughs) Yeah, you would think that'd be a bad thing. But, hey, he had 29 last night. So, yes, whatever. Okay. We we have, yeah, I think we did good here. Um, Guaranteed goals. Let's get out of here. All right. I will just, I think I'll rattle both of mine off right away here. Okay. Um, Colorado and what was the cheap stack? Okay. Yeah. Colorado. And there's the kind of like two cheap stacks you could go with. Um, I think I just going to have to go with the, the, the Columbus thing, the Fantilli, um, Benstrom. Right. And uh, I don't know. Fantilli, Texier and Tex. Uh, oh yeah. It's a Rosovich. Rosovich. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll say all three of them. I, I'd probably might end up not having Texia in that mix and, and go a little over elsewhere. But yeah, yep. um, I think okay. that's like a viable way of doing things. And especially yeah, if you need the cap space to fit in other premium stops. stuff. All right. Um, I will officially capitulate to either the Detroit crowd or the Colorado crowd. Um, do, do you, do you want me to say nicer things about one of those two teams, DJ? I mean, I, I just picked Colorado one. Oh yeah, you did. You're right. Okay. So, so... Th- then you picked for me, uh, Detroit. <laughs> Um, I was okay. just thinking, you know, Larkin and McKinnon are the two centers up high that I'm looking at. I'm yeah. like, oh God, this is bad. Okay. Uh, Dylan Larkin, Alex Sabrinkit, Shane Goss is spare. Um, just an electric power play. 
uh, Winnipeg kind of stinks. Um, I still believe that. I, I don't really see Detroit slowing down on the power play specifically, uh, thanks to Winnipeg. I'm not worried about some illness for Debrinket. If he's in, he's in. Um, and if he's not, you know, obviously I'll just not play the stack because I don't think Larkin on his own is all that good. Um, but Larkin, Debrinket are expensive enough to the point where I don't think they get a ton of ownership. And what they've shown is certainly inflated by the percentages but the chances they're creating are totally real. Their power play looks awesome. Um, and Goss is a key engine to that power play as well. So I, I love that three-man stack in this matchup. Um, so uh, let's see. You took both your stacks already. Yeah, yeah I said them both, um, right? Uh, by the way, I guess I should probably specify in your Tushkin, McKinnon, Lekkinen, kind of a car was, was what I was looking at. And I get Tushkin's not yeah. power play one. Um, just I, I kind of forgot like Rantanen wasn't there. And I do think you could still play him um mm-hmm. you know mckinnon ranton and mccarr even if you wanted to just kind of forgot that that wasn't like very obvious so yeah that that was what i was looking at okay um well you gave me some time um as far as like full-on punt stacks go um i don't think there's a ton that i'm like overly bullish on i think it's more slate where there's a lot of one-off pieces that i'm highly interested in. and of course if you want to stack around them that's fine too um but the, the one that I'll sort of uh, come back to is Seattle with Yanni Gord. Um, 3K for him, just, you know, it's it's a gross play and it probably doesn't hit more than 20, 25% of the time. Um, but anytime you can stack him with Tolvanen and McCann and probably avoid the chasing that'll go on with Eberle, you know, uh, Cartier, Beniers, um, I, I just, I like that. And the thing with matchups is, is I really just, like Carolina, we've seen it. They've been giving up a ton this year. Um, so like, even though they have like this, you know, uh, reputation, like I'm just trying to ignore matchups and target players and lines that I like. And so getting those guys at very, very reasonable salaries in my estimation, all correlating together at five on five is, is very intriguing to me. So I'll take that. Um, I'll lead off the guaranteed goals as well. Um, I'll take a Vander Kane. Edmonton 5100. Okay, that's really good. Um, I, I mean, I, I wrote down my two. You didn't take either of them, and I really doubt you take either at this point because um, I don't think you could afford Nassim Kadri. Um, and you already took your somewhat cheaper guy. And I'm going to give back the money I, I took last time. So last time I was like 300 over. Given that back, I'm going down to Owen Tippett. So Kadri, Tippett. Okay, I like me. it. I like it. I, I mean, right, this time the... I feel real good. They're, they're both scoring. So just, yeah. Yeah, put the mortgage on it this time. And the final guaranteed goal, uh, who did not get benched last game, um, but I think comes into this game uh, in a much better position than the last game, despite a brutal matchup. Troy Terry, uh, 5,600. Getting back Leo Carlson, I think, does matter um, for, for that line. Like, I just don't think Adam Henrique has it anymore. Um, and so I'm expecting Carlson to play. And if he does, Troy Terry at 5,600. I think is an actually good play. I mean, he's got like 11 expected fantasy points per game on the season so far. It's not just inflated by one game like the is because the had, I think, 19 shot attempts against Arizona or something absolutely insane like that. Um, but Troy Terry is obviously the goal scorer on that line. Um, you know, Carlson is going to create plays. Zegers is going to create plays. And I, I like the team. So, um, yeah, I like the line, I should say, um, in limited sample. So, I'll take Keane and uh, Troy Terry. You'll take Kadri and Tippett. 
And there's four goals for you to get you started. Anything else before we head into our Thursdays? Um, no, no I, I actually really like that. I mean, it's it's funny, like the highest PDO teams in the league, Bruins are like third. Um, and I, I think that save percentage, well, uh, you know, they're they're above 950 right now. Like eventually they're going to allow a couple goals and, and no one's going to expect that one tonight. So you'll probably get pretty good value on Troy Terry. Um, yep. Follow me at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. I'll be posting a bunch of stuff. And people really, really like it when I post like the Corsi numbers and stuff. I had a, a couple DMs about it, a couple things like it's all internal and I'm definitely not going to try to figure it out if you have like no idea how to do R, but I'll just post it. Um, so I'll keep posting stuff and metrics. Yeah, and, and it's, if you want, it's all something. public. Yeah. It's all public natural stat trick stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Know, it's not, we're not we're that. not reinventing the wheel. It's just all right. I think it just ends up a little bit cleaner. So yep, that's all. And go eat yep. dinner. So uh, yep, follow me at Fake Moods. Um, follow the the newsletter and subscribe. Uh, DJ's at DJ Mitchell ninety four, and the podcast is at Morning Skate Pod. So follow that said. Thank you for listening. Uh, best of luck on Thursday. If one of us doesn't win, uh, well, I hope it's you. So from Doug, from DJ, from myself, have a good slate, everybody, and we will see you.